Welcome to the Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Melman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network, your place for sports betting, news, information, analysis, picks, data, you name it. We got it in the award-winning Action Network app. We also have all the experts, all of them, including my BFF, my companion. Simon Hunter. Chad, how's it going, brother? Dude, we got a lot to get to. It's been a crazy few days since Thursday. We are going to have to unpack this Colts loss to the Titans because we loved it last Tuesday. We loved the Colts last Tuesday when it was one and a half. We loved the Colts. By Thursday, they were favored. It was three by the time the game kicked off. Sunday on Convince Me, our show on Ad Action Network HQ at 11 a.m. Eastern, you noted, I asked you, should we be middling this game right now on the show? You're like, you're like, dude, I got seven figures on this game. I can't middle it at this point. We're going to get to that. I want to unpack that because you've had that going on in your life since Thursday. I've had my kid's 15th birthday Thursday night. Got a late night call from uh, a hospital in Philadelphia because my older kid decided to go free soloing at some rock climbing wall on campus at Drexel, fell, fractured his tibia. My wife had to go there Sunday on the same day that she was featured. Her work was featured in the New York Times. She's an architect. They did a story about a particular style of work that included some of the work that she does. And then on Monday, last night, while my wife is in Philly, taking care of our our older kid, me and my younger kid drove to Boston from our town in West Hartford, our home in West Hartford, went to the Bulls Celtics, had ridiculous seats. It was a birthday present, ridiculous seats, like second row behind the Bulls bench to see the Bulls completely break the Celtics. Like they broke them. Like Celtics were up by 19. In the third quarter, they were up by 14 going into the fourth. They lost by 14. It's the first time in the shot clock era a team was ever up by 14 going into the fourth and ended up losing by 14. It was insane. And then driving home, get to listen on the radio to our Kansas City Chiefs survivor pick, survive against the New York Giants. And then today I voted. I voted in the local elections. The ups and downs of the past four days have been insane, Simon. This is the first time in our friendship I'm actually jealous of your life, Chad. That's how bad of a weekend I had. <laughs> so that's pretty I mean, shocking. Look, you know, we got we to gotta roll Carson Wentz. We got to unpack him from the carpet that we metaphorically put him in and then buried him in the backyard. And we got to talk about this a little bit. How do you manage it? Yeah, so um, like we joke all the time. As a pro, I, I buried this Sunday night and then I completely realized this morning. I was like, well, I'm going to have to talk about it on the show. So that's what I got to do now. I knew Tuesday was going to be one of my bigger bets. Uh, bet pretty heavy on a one and a half. And when I want to make big bets for my group, so basically I'm 2-0 this year. So if I would have hit this one, 3-0, I'm done for the season. That's the dream. Like, I'm done by week nine. Because big bets are the worst. Like, I, I guess to people it sounds cool, but it's part of the job. I hate it. I hate doing it. It's sleepless. So I basically slept probably five hours from Thursday till mid-Sunday. Like, as soon as that game ended... I think I sent a tweet out and I just passed out for like three hours. I was just like emotionally broken. But um, I still love the number. But there is a sick part of me when they scored that touchdown at the very end of the game. I'm like, just miss this extra point so I can just 
get my one and a half and get out of here. Cause I, at that point I was willing to take just scraps cause I felt so lucky to be in the position, but I could have read that game, right? They're up 14, nothing. A guy gets the interception. He's running the ball back onto the Tennessee's 30 and he pulls up to grab his leg. Cause he hurt himself. He drops the ball. Tennessee recovers the fumble, throw a touchdown the next play. And that's all she wrote. So it, it hurts. Um, I know people are complaining about the refs and OT, like the no call to me as a pro, I, I don't want to be in that position. That's like, I can't even get mad where I just read that bad. Like I'm expecting to be the Eagles Detroit game where the Eagles win by 40 and it's zero sweat. That's how I felt going into this Colts game that they were just going to roll read that wrong. So yeah, it's um, it hurts two and one now in big bets, which means I either can walk away or do one more. I'm probably gonna do one more just because I hate ending the season on a losing note with those things. So it hurts, but um you know how it is, Chad. It, it just doesn't bounce your way sometimes. So that's the most sickening part about it. You can have a good read, but it don't matter. It don't matter. I feel terrible for you. And kudos to you for A, talking about it in advance, and then B, talking about it after, because it is so hard to relive those things, especially a game like that, where even after everything you mentioned. You win or lose 10 times. <laughs> you know, the Colts being up 14 nothing, the Titans coming back. The interception you just mentioned, that kind of flukiness, the fact the Colts like still had a shot to win the game in overtime, if not for a Carson Wentz interception, like as soon as he dropped back to throw that ball, I was like touchdown I, or pick. I, That's what it looked I, like. I, I, I thought it looked like myself, an interception or a touchdown. I hate Carson Wentz throwing the ball. <laughs> I just that immediately I thought to myself, this is ugly. This is just yeah. Bad. No, it's brutal. Oh my God. I feel well, yeah. So between that and the Vikings, luckily I did buy back a little bit on Dallas. I think they got up to like four and a half, four, but nowhere near enough to cover my Vikings position. So between the Vikings and the Colts, yeah, uh, got slapped around. Probably, probably lost about one third of my bankroll this weekend. So that hurts oh. when you, you build it up so much during the season, you just lose it like that in two games. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all good, baby. We still got nine weeks. That's how you have to look at it. But yeah, Sunday night, that, that was a boozy night. Like I, I rarely drink and I was just drinking. How often has that happened to you in your career where in a single weekend, you'll lose a third of your bankroll? Every year. Every year. So this is not uncommon. Like you don't go through a season where it all works out gloriously and you're never in a, in a position where you're fighting back or having sleepless nights. Oh, I've had that. Like, again, I think my greatest year ever was the Eagles Super Bowl run. That was just because I killed it that season. And then Eagles being my favorite team, and they were home dogs throughout the playoffs. It was just it was like the perfect storm where that was by far my most profitable year. But it's different now where like these big round robin dogs, I think we're four out of eight or five out of eight weeks. We've hit them. That's literally keeping my season really afloat, like hitting these big dogs. Um, the money lines have just been cashing. So it's it's not uncommon to lose that much in a weekend. But the way it happened is where it's like we got great open line value and then it closed at a you know, it moved four or five points and we still got smoked. So that hurts because that's really rare for that to happen that way. You mentioned the money line Ron Robbins. We're going to get to that for Thursday. We did have money line around Robbins this week, I think. I know I had, I, I did Jets, Panthers, and Saints. Um, I also did Jags. And so it was profitable in that respect. Uh, exciting to have the Jets, Panthers, and Saints all win outright, not just cover. Um, we're going to get to the full slate uh, at some point Tuesday or Thursday, depending on how we feel about it. 
We'll do our big balls bet of the week. I imagine we'll do our Simon Says today. And we will, we will get to Scooch Roulette. You had the Saints, I had the Colts. So you won. So it hurts even more. So now it's like, it's just, it's just salt in the wound. <laughs> well, I mean, thank God we still have our claim to fame. We're three years in. We've yet to have an 0 and 5 week in the contest. So the Saints saved our ass this week. That's right. Up. We also went 1 and 4 in the contest because of the Vikings and because of the Colts. You know, we made some bad choices on the Bears and the Jags. Sunday, you had a lot going on. I wanted to put the Eagles in. You were like, no, I like the Lions. And I should have been like, no. Nah. We have, if everyone likes the lines, that's when we swerve, right? Well, you did say, you did say it's a trap. Yeah, I I just, I just remember every pro I talked to was like, yeah, lines, today's the day. And it's like, it can't be. The day is the day is the day none of us see coming. That's the lines in a nutshell. So I definitely fell way too in love with the number, but the the worst call has to be the Jacks. That was our worst bet of the week. I mean, they were down 24, nothing and a half and they're just a corpse. So that like, again, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to all the people out there that keep hating on me putting the Jags in the contest. I, I I promise won't do it again for at least the next two weeks. We we say that today and then by Sunday morning, it's going to be like, how are we not doing the Jags? I do love them this week, but I'm not doing it. I refuse. All right. Let's get to the full slate here. We're going to start talking about these games. Um, also, at the end, we've got a couple of really funny reviews that I want to read to people that producer Matt Mitchell sent to us because they are freaking hilarious. So I appreciate Everybody's sending them in because they are really, really funny. <sighs> First game up. It's like it's like the NFL purposely decided, you know what? We are going to just disgust Simon and make him talk about the Colts opening uh, at about 10 and a half against the New York football Jets at home. New York Jets at Indianapolis Colts. Jesus Christ. I mean, obviously, we have to take the Colts here. The Jets, Jets Mike White just had his career game. I think it's him and Steve Young are the only guys ever to be down by uh, double digits in the final five minutes and come back and win in their first start ever. So, Mike White, maybe this is the the Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady scenario for the Jets. The Jets, uh, Zach Wilson gets knocked out by the Patriots. Their backup ends up being a Hall of Famer in Mike White. Or we just fade him because this is completely BS and this kid is not as good as he looked in that game. So, yeah, what are you going to do? The public's going to come in heavy on a 10 and a half here with the dog. They just saw them upset what they think is one of the better teams in the football in the Bengals. I have to go the other way. How do I not take the Colts here? I had this line at minus 12. After the game, I moved it down to minus 10 just because, again, Wentz looks so bad. But now seeing how much money's coming in on the Jets, it's, it's a little scary. It's just like, Okay, I, I get it that Mike White played great and like he did all these things. I th- I feel like we talked about it last week. That Bengals was just a pure trap game. It was a third straight road game after one of the biggest wins of you know the franchise history in the last couple of years. So it, it's hard to say, but I, I'm taking a double digit favorite here in the Colts. Uh, by the way, you you just said it, and it's it's a hundred percent spot on. The Jets at plus ten and a half are getting 60% of the bets. The Colts at minus 10 and a half, 88% of the money. It's rare. I've, I don't know that I've ever seen this. It took me a second looking at the Action Network um, public betting page, actionnetwork.com uh, slash public hyphen betting. Um, one of our most popular pages, to be honest. Um, it's rare that I see a underdog getting a majority of the bets, a double-digit underdog getting majority of the bets, and the money is coming in on the double-digit favorite. That's all I need to know. 
You like it. All the wise guys like it. That's all I need to know. 100%. Let's put the Colts in the contest. Let's roll. (laughs) Let's get back on this horse. And I mean that with a pun intended. (laughs) No, it's again, it's simple. Like the pros love the numbers. Same reason I do. It's you have to throw out what happened last week. You can't really dwell on it. So if you're just looking at a clean sheet here this week, yeah, this number's moved too much. And that's why it's favored towards the Colts. Oh my God. All right. Atlanta Falcons at New Orleans Saints. It looks like Jameis Winston will not be the quarterback for the Saints. Trevor Simeon came on, played decent, made the two or three throws that you need to make at the end of the game to get the Saints the win. Uh, A game we thought they would cover, a game that we thought they would win. We thought the number was crooked from the beginning. The Falcons are five and a half point dogs. Money and tickets coming in on the Saints right now. And this Falcons team looked terrible this past week. We loved the Panthers in that game. Calvin Ridley stepping away from football. My Matt Ryan to lead the league in touchdown prop is basically dead. Yeah, not looking good. I mean, that team team's taking on water right now. I don't know. Who, I don't have a strong opinion here. I, I, I like. We don't know the quarterback is like it could yeah. be Trevor Simeon, could be Tyson Hill. We'll come back to it, I guess, maybe on Thursday. But just looking at the number, if it is Trevor Simeon. Fade, 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 fade the Saints. When he came in, I, I was like, oh, my God, we're going over five today. Because that was just like Jameis was do- playing well. We we joked about we weren't betting on Jameis to win that game. We were betting on the team. We're, we're like, no, we like the Saints team. We don't really care about the quarterback position. I do care about the quarterback position. When he went out, I was scared. I was like, oh, my God, Trevor Simeon. I, I remember betting on that guy with Denver. He's terrible. He played well. But Matt Ryan coming off a loss on the road, it's a divisional game, that's a big spread for this Saints team that they could have a third-string quarterback playing for them. So we'll wait and see. But as I said here on Tuesday, I, I would lean towards Atlanta. I mean, look, everything you just said about Atlanta coming off the road and looking ugly, it's clearly – it's a way overinflated line uh, for the Saints with a third-string quarterback. Um I think as we speak, we are almost convincing ourselves that we're going to have to take the Falcons. And, and shout out to the five people that listened to our show in the middle of the summer. We, we talked about Sean Payton, coach of the year. I just thought it was a simple fact that if he could do it this year without Breeze, he would get a lot of hype. I think he's like number one or two now in that rating. I think it's Tomlin number one. I put Sean Payton number two right now, coach of the year award. We had many tens of people listening to the show during the summer. Just because... <laughs> Just because now we have hundreds of thousands of people listening to the show, don't denigrate the loyalists. I love the loyalists. That's what I'm giving a shout out to. Shout out to the loyalists. Um, All right. So right now uh, I'm putting the Falcons plus five and a half or six uh, versus the Saints. Making a note. I'm just writing uh, overinflated divisional matchup, third string quarterback. Show me the Falcons. <laughs> bad decisions get made right here. This is where betting goes bad. Las Vegas Raiders at New York Giants. One of us, maybe two of us, bet on the Raiders to win the Super Bowl before the season began. The Raiders, without John Gruden, are 5-2, and two, leading the AFC West, ahead of the Chargers, ahead of the Chiefs, ahead of the Broncos. Five and two. They're on the road visiting the Giants who just, God, they were terrible last night. 
they're just like, there's no magic there. There's no philosophy. There's no strategy. There's no competence. The last couple of drives for Daniel Jones, he was terrible. Receivers were dropping balls. Kenny Albert painted a very vivid picture for me when I was listening to it on the radio. Raiders, two and a half point favorites over the Giants in New Jersey. So it just came out before we came on the air. Henry Ruggs, the wide receiver for their team, got in a really bad car accident at 3.40 in the morning last night. I'm going to wait on this game. We'll revisit on Thursday. I just think there's too much going on there. I liked Oakland going to this game because they had no distractions. They had a nice bye week. They had all these guys getting right. Now they're going to go on the road. But we always say the Giants just aren't the same team at home. They covered for us last night against the Chiefs. Now they're going back home. We expected Oakland to uh, Las Vegas to roll here. We can bring it back on Thursday and we'll see how it shakes out. Listen, it's not a show if you don't know how to pronounce Taysom Hill's name and you forget that the Raiders play in Las Vegas, not Oakland. <laughs> like clockwork. New England Patriots at Carolina Panthers. The Patriots, man, they're a pretty decent sized favorite on the road here. Looks like uh, they're three and a half point favorites against the Carolina Panthers. Patriots visiting the Panthers. I mean, wow. Patriots fucked us this week. Yeah, but I feel like what we were saying was true. Mac Jones really didn't do much. It was more about the defensive effort and a great run game. So we'll get to the Chargers, but. Has anyone looked worse in their last two games than Herbert? He, he has been bad. He played terrible against the Ravens and played terrible against the Patriots. So I think it was more about him. But this – how do we not take the Panthers? Or I'm seeing them at plus four now as a home dog. At worst, they're going to keep this game close. Like Carolina's defense, they really shut down Atlanta. And we saw it. It's all about the edge rushers. So New England needs the run game to get going. It's hard to run on this Carolina team. This Carolina defense is great against the run. So uh, I'm uh, if, if this gets up to plus four, this is most likely going to be one of our five. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to run against Carolina. Um, I think there's some overinflation because people love, love, love the Chargers. Love the Chargers. I will give credit to Chris Raybaum, co-host of the Action Network podcast, one of the analysts on Convince Me. He did try to get me to buy in on the Patriots on Sunday. You and I were so heavy on the Chargers. We loved them so much from the beginning. And I firmly believe like Justin Herbert is a golden God. And like this was a team coming off the bye that was going to be amazing. And they'd find their mojo, not like the way they had it on third and fourth down, but I figured they would get closer to what, you know, they wouldn't be what they were against the Ravens on third and fourth down. I loved this Chargers team. And the Patriots did everything Raybon said they were going to do. They controlled the line of scrimmage. They were better defensively. They made Herbert look bad. They ran the ball down a really bad defensive front of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Pitch perfect analysis from Raybon. Kudos to Raybon. <laughs> Fuck, we sucked that one. We sucked on that one. Hated that one. But I think you're right about the Panthers. Is McCaffrey back yet? Nah, I think it's the last week. Does this guy even play football anymore? I mean, I th he tried coming back too soon. That was his issue. He came back too soon. They had to put him on three-week IR. I mean, it's getting it's kind of silly. At this point, he's just in commercials. And at this point, why even risk it? Like, you're, I feel like Carolina's season's not that it's over, but just looking at their division, it, it, are they really going to overtake the Saints or to overtake 
Tampa Bay, it's 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 a rough road ahead of them for this next stretch. So that was huge for them to get that win last week, but they got a, they got a rough road ahead of them. So now we got to talk about Minnesota Vikings at Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are six point dogs in Baltimore. This is where it gets tricky. It's Baltimore, gentlemen. The gods will not save you. I know that we're probably supposed to bet the Vikings. And yet, I know Mike Zimmer is supposed to be a guy who coaches his team up. I know this defense is supposed to be good, but I did just watch them lose to Cooper Rush. And I did just watch Kirk Cousins not be able to connect with any of his multi-talented players. And I saw Dalvin Cook run for 80 yards in a game he should have run for 120. Yeah, everything you just said is true. I guess we can pass on it. I lean towards the Vikings, but I think it's a good number. I had it at five. What is it, five and a half now? If it gets up to six, I'm going to have to take it for this Minnesota team. I don't think Minnesota is as bad as we all think they are, but it, it kind of brought you back to reality. Every time you bet on Kirk, you really never know what you're going to get, and that's the issue with Kirk Cousins. It is at six minus 115 at a non-FanDuel sportsbook. So I would take that. I don't think it'll last. Because the game opened at seven, it's been bet down. I bet somebody at that book put in a decent amount of money and, and it moved and it'll come back down. Someone put money on the Ravens, I bet. If it keeps coming down, we might end up on the Ravens. Like if it gets below five, I might have to take that. Look, that's ultimately why we love the Chargers is last week against the Patriots. The number kept coming down, down, down. Went from, I think, five and a half to four. At four, how am I not liking Justin Herbert and the Chargers? Like, <laughs> Against don't, the, don't beat yourself up. Literally, they were up by one point. He threw a pick six. That's game. Don't 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 sweat it too hard. I mean, it's just it, Herbert, man. That that was one of those bets we bet on Herbert, and he he completely let us down in that game. So what what can you do? You know what? I don't like to be disappointed. Nothing, <laughs> nothing upsets me more than a lack of professionalism, and I feel like the Chargers exhibited a lack of professionalism on Sunday. Honestly, they did though. Like her, Herbert, I know. living at a third and nine, just horrible game plan by them. Everybody who works with me know that I care about nothing more than professionalism. All right. Cleveland Browns at Cincinnati Bengals. The Browns are three-point dogs, two and a half, depending on there's – there's a couple discrepancies in the number, but let's say it's three. Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad is putting out uh, highlights of Odell Beckham not getting the ball from Baker Mayfield. LeBron James is tagging Odell Beckham with a hashtag free Odell. Feels like something's amiss here. I, I don't know. You know, reading into it as a, as a manager, I feel like I can sense these kinds of problems as a high ranking wow. executive. It's bad. And like his dad literally made a whole highlight clip of all the times he was open and Baker was missing him on passes. It, it is bad over there. So same. We, we talked about last week why we like Pittsburgh. Something ain't right with Baker. I, I said that if it was Case Keenum, I might have had pause taking Pittsburgh. But as soon as we got an announcement that it was Baker, I loved it. For some reason, the professionals were on the other side. That line ended up closing at six at a lot of books offshore. So I don't know what they were seeing. That line was running. Um, coming back this week, Browns, I'm usually in a position where I'm trying to buy low on this team. But with injuries to Baker, with what's going on with Odell, how do you not take Cincy off a bad loss? Especially, um, especially. Look, less than a field goal as a home favorite in a division game in which they just had a horrible loss uh, and they need this game. Like I would think, let's think about from a mindset perspective. One, the Bengals 
probably still feel like this Jets game, a little bit of a fluke, you know, they were sandwiched between a huge win and then playing against an in-state rival. They did their best, a couple of bad breaks, a Jets team that is playing for their lungs every single week. But they probably still feel like they're in the upward trajectory. The Browns feel like a fucking mess. And that's why this is my Simon Says Game of the Week. Simon Says! When Simon Says do it, we do what Simon Says. You want to get that two and a half before the professionals come in real heavy on it. Bengals were up 11 points with five minutes to go. So Mike White gets a touchdown. Burrow threw a pick, like the, literally the next snap on offense. They get another touchdown. The referees, again, I don't want to put too much on the referees. They had this horrible helmet-to-helmet call um, at the end of the game that pretty much gave, I the saw first, that. Yeah. Yeah, gave the first down to the Jets. Again, the Bengals, they deserve that loss. The Jets, like Mike White, threw for 400 yards. Like the guy played pretty much a, had no mistakes in the second half. Like first half, he threw two picks. Second half, he was out of this world. Everyone's so down on Cincy's defense now. The same defense that really dominated and shut down arguably the best athlete in football and Lamar the week before. So let's buy low on the on the Bengals here. Getting them at home under a field goal. Take this number if you can right now. Hey, listen, you and I both loved the Steelers last week. Loved the Steelers last week. We talked about it. And I was watching the Steelers and watching that game unfold. And I thought to myself, how did we not put the Steelers in the contest? I don't know. I, I I said it to you. I said Tomlin's 60% is a dog. And I don't know. We just kept it moving. That's again, it's a, all of it's my fault. Sunday morning, we have too much shit going on where we're just like flying through the four games before we just go make our own bets. So it's tough. Also, so yeah, Sunday morning, like my head wasn't even in it. Like I, right. I, you had your own stuff going on. I, you know, like our, my kid's leg is broken. What are we doing? We're the doctors. How are we managing it? It's our first, first parental crisis from long distance. <laughs> the Bills, who covered against the Miami Dolphins, who were the one team that we felt pretty good about uh, as the double-digit favorites covering. The Bills make me wanna shout. kick your heels up and shout. throw your hands up and shout. throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the Bills are making it happen now. Buffalo Bills at Jacksonville Jaguars. They're double-digit favorites again. Nobody wants a piece of this Jacksonville team. I know you're going to say, let's bet this Jacksonville team. And it's it makes all the sense in the world. And it, this will be like the weekend we don't do it. And of course, it makes sense to do it. And we miss this opportunity. You can do it. I would not like to do it. I get it. It's the same thing where we're, last week when I was all over the Jets. They're going to get no bets. No one's going to take their money line. Me and 10 other people are going to end up taking the, the Jets money line and it hit. So the same thing this week. I hate it. I hate betting this Jags team. It's not fun, but this is crazy. 14 and a half. I have to do it. I have to. I don't even want to, but I have to. So what evidence? This is not just faith. This is not standing an egg on its end because you think at the equinox, it's going to stand there because you have faith. West Wing fans rejoice. Like it's a tremendously bad team against a tremendously good team. They are. But at the same time, I had it 11 and a half. Now it's only up to 14 and a half. It's, is, did Josh Allen really play that well against Miami? Not really. He, no. he, he had three points for a half, and then they kind of slowly figured it out in the second half. But I, I know what you're saying. It's just this, this Jags team, the worst part about betting them is you're relying on Trevor Lawrence, who 
we talked coming into the season, I wasn't really buying the hype. And we talked coaching matters so much in this league. If he's not getting good coaching, he's just not going to produce. So that's why I'm not going to make you take the bet. He he just isn't looking right and he's not playing well. But a number this big, it's it's hard for me to pass on it as a home team. Like this is the same reason you would have said it's stupid about the Texans last week. Once I got to 17, I had to do it. It hit a point where it go, all right, I got to do it. Did I get lucky as hell in the back door? Yeah, yeah. I, of course I did. But like literally, that's why you bet the number. You try not to really think about it where it goes. You're just playing the number. These are all professionals in the highest competition level. You have to think they figure some stuff out, but zero chances is one of our five because I'm right there with you. I'm disgusted by the Jags. We did run a poll on Convince Me the other day that asked of the four double-digit underdogs going into the weekend, the Giants, the Jags, the Texans, and Miami, which one was most likely to cover? The Jets yep. won by a landslide, and they, in fact, did that. But good for the uh, good for the Texans, good for the Jets. It turns out only one actually couldn't cover, and it was the home team that everyone thought uh, it was the away team that everyone thought wouldn't be able to cover. So no, that's true. And, cool. and the craziest part is, I think we're down to seven hundred now in our Survivor contest, brother. No way. Yeah. So if it ended right now, I think we each get like two grand, so we'd split a thousand each. Shut up. I mean, yeah, it's down. It's down to seven hundred. Holy shnikey. Yeah. So we got nine weeks to go, brother. I mean, and we've, and we'll go through it on Thursday, the teams we've used. You'll be so happy seeing the teams we've used because you would never want to use them ever again. Like Minnesota Vikings, we would never want to use them and survive ever again. So, right. Well, we've used the Vikings now. We've used the Chiefs. We've the used Colts. the Patriots, the Colts. Yeah. A bunch of teams you hate. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, my God. So I'm feeling, feeling good. I'm so happy too. We're done with the Chiefs. That was awful. That was just dreadful. I'm not going to lie. I definitely was checking the action app for the score updates while I was also watching the Bulls uh, break the Celtics' will. And now a word from our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook who want you to get the most out of every NFL game day. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet a same-game parlay bet with three legs or more, and if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. For example, this Thursday, I'm considering the Jets plus the points, the under, and Mike White passing yards under. I love betting here in Connecticut with FanDuel because I was verified quickly. They have America's number one rated sportsbook app, and I know their payouts are fast and secure. There's no feeling like nailing a same-game parlay bet, so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook and get up to 10 bucks back if your bet doesn't win. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? They are also offering a risk-free $1,000 bet. If you prefer that, just sign up with promo code favorites. And if your first bet loses, you get up to $1,000 back in site credit. That's promo code favorites. Must be 21 or over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game probably available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 or visit 
1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Let's get back to the show. Houston Texans at Miami Dolphins. Texans, six and a half point dogs on the road. This feels high. Is our boy back? That's the question here. Who's playing quarterback for Houston? So sit here today. If it's Terod Taylor, I'll take him. If it's not, I'll I'll, I'll probably just pass in this game. But no real opinion until I know who the quarterback is. I'm not rolling the dice again with Houston. That was the worst sweat ever. They were down 38 nothing, And I was like, why do I keep betting on this kid, Davis Mills? And, <laughs> you know, it, it took literally a million things to work right for them to get that back door. So I don't know if I'm going to press my luck twice with this kid, Davis Mills. Yeah, I'm, we're walking away from this game. Denver Broncos at Dallas Cowboys. Broncos without Von Miller, now nine and a half point underdogs on the road against the Cowboys, who you love, even though they broke our heart for a week, but you have loved them all season long, bought them big to win the Super Bowl very early in the year after they started showing some promise. I expect Dak Prescott will be playing. This was precautionary this past week. The Broncos are trash. Yeah. They're so bad. So if this is Dak, I'll, I'm will i hoping I'll get back down under 10 because it was eight and a half. Now it's up to 10. I would I'm like seeing to say nine and a half. I'm seeing nine and a half of FanDuel right now. So I'd still like that number, um, but it's we keep talking about it. Like they're seven and oh now against the spread. This when is it going to go flip the other way? This is insane. So I'm terrified to fade Dallas. So I might jump on the bandwagon for one more week with Dallas. But eventually, I'm going to start fading them because these lines are just going to keep getting inflated. But this feels right. Denver is bad. Teddy, he put horrible against Washington, was still able to get the win somehow. That's just because how bad Washington is. So uh, I'm happy to take this number under 10. Evan Abrams, who uh, was a longtime researcher at ESPN, uh, has joined me at Action when we launched the company. Um, uh, A betting savant in every way does 8 million different things for us. Uh, most recently was running our social team. Um, he came up with a really cool stat. Uh, unbeaten against the spread teams since 1990. The Cowboys are 7-0, or no, so they can be 8-0 this, this week. Since 1990. 2007, New England Patriots, 8-0. 2021, Cowboys, 7-0. No. 2018, Chiefs, 7-0. No. 2008, Tennessee, 7-0. or no. That's it, folks. Since 1990, that's the list. Three seven or no ATS teams, one eight and no ATS team. Can the Cowboys join them this week? Yeah, I mean, I, the Cowboys got me this year. I'm probably, I think, um, three and four on their games this year. Like I bet with them, and I faded them four times, and I've lost obviously all four times. Man, betting's hard. <laughs> it is. It really is. It's so hard. Los Angeles Chargers at Philadelphia Eagles. The Chargers. They're now one-point favorites on the road at the Eagles. And this, to me, screams take the Chargers. Like, buy low, sell high. Eagles just had a big win, even if it was against the Lions, but it was a game on the road that people, you know, weren't sure because they hadn't been playing well. Chargers now lost two in a row, including on the other side of a bye to a Patriots team that nobody was really buying the quarterback, but they're starting to see how good they are in the trenches. I know. Yeah. Yeah. First glance, I wanted to take the Eagles just because it looked like they found their run game last week. And this Chargers team, man, can they give up the run? I, I thought that was something they'd maybe fix during the bye week. They haven't. They're, they still have huge gaping holes up the middle. It's 
it's bad. So no real opinion on, on Tuesdays. We sit here. Um, I like the Eagles at plus two and a half. Now it's come down. I don't like it as much, but man, it's bad right now. The chargers like them, and the chiefs are the these two teams that are just reeling right now. Like that just seems like things are just going wrong with them. Hard to go against an Eagles team that they're one, they have one of the best run blocking schemes in football. They just don't run the ball because Sirianni is an idiot, but it's looked like he figured it out last week. If you just run the ball, it, it can work for this team. Um, so We'll, we'll check. This is another one we'll check back in on Thursday, but right now I'm lean, leaning towards the Eagles. Nick Sirianni seems to be a terrible coach <laughs> who uh, also likes to use his press conferences to sort of wade into philosophical discourse. Wouldn't this make you question your ownership? Like, how, how did he get through the interview room? Like, this guy sits down and talks to you for 10 minutes. Wouldn't you just be like, what is wrong with this guy? He, but like, what a difference to- between him and Dan Campbell? Dan Campbell, I find to be, at first I thought, oh, this guy's a knucklehead. I have grown to love him. Like, even if he's a knucklehead, he's, he seems to be so earnest and just relatable. And I want to hang out with the guy. Sirianni, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, you should love Dan Campbell. He passed on Justin Fields to take an offensive lineman because he believed that much in golf. So he's doing you a favor as a Bears fan. No, it's true. Good for him. Green Bay Packers at Kansas City Chiefs. Packers, one-point dogs. Something feels trappy here. Why are, they, why are they begging me to take the Packers here? I hate it. I like the Chiefs, of course, at home, but I hate this game. Um, Give me some – forget about what you're feeling is a better. Forget about your instincts. Give me numerical reasons. Give me analytical reasons. Give me algorithmic statistical power rated reasons. I can, but it's all going to be bullshit. This game is completely, it's hard to really give numbers on these teams where the chiefs are just broken right now. Their offensive line is broken. Travis Kelsey looks like a mid tier below average tight end. This is more of I'm betting on what I've seen of the past of the Chiefs. So if you're a smart better, you take the Packers with the public here. But as a professional, I have to think to myself, okay, we have one team that's won in a primetime game, looked incredible in the Packers. They won without any of their pieces against an undefeated team, playing against a team that barely scraped by beating the Giants at home. I have to buy low on this Chiefs team. It's, um, it's at the point now where I feel like the line is giving you the value it deserves. If this was plus three, yeah, Packers is a good bet. It's shifting towards a pick. Hard to pass on the Chiefs team at a pick at home. I, I, I understand everyone's reasons for taking this Packers team, but I, I can't do it yet. I'm still I'm still a believer in Mahomes. I'm not gonna let just a couple bad weeks for him to really throw me off the train. I, I think he's a once in a generation generation talent. This O line is just the main issue right now. Um, they have five new starters on this line this season. Coming in, we thought that was gonna be a a, a problem for them to start the year and they'd get better as the year has gone on. They haven't. They have not improved that O-line. So I can't fault people here taking the Packers, but as a professional, I will be on the Chiefs at home at a pick. The offensive line is dreadful. Travis Kelsey was dropping passes that he would normally catch. And he's running dumb routes. Like he's running the wrong way. They have no running backs. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's... Again, that's why I get people's reasoning. People have a million reasons to take the Packers here, but I have to take the Chiefs at a pick at home. Like it's... I can't not do it. You're giving me a million reasons to take the Chiefs. A million reasons to take the Chiefs. Who's that? 
I don't know. It was terrible, though. Lady Gaga. Uh, not a Gaga guy. Oh, my gosh. She's the best. Arizona Cardinals at San Francisco 49ers. I'm off this Niners team. You are? Okay, no, I'm not. Thank you. I was going to say, this has got to be the foxhole, right? Foxhole! Let's get into that foxhole and bet the 49ers. Let's climb down into the foxhole. 49ers are Arizona's daddies. We should bring in Matt Mitchell. Give us our Kingsbury update. Isn't this the time of year we start fading them? I feel like it's it's that point. Have you heard about the lonesome loser? He's a loser, but he still keeps on trying. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. I would love to jump in and talk some shit about Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, As any true gambler knows, now is the perfect time to fade Cliff. He has failed at the end of every season. He's ever been a head coach anywhere, with no exceptions. He took over as the head coach of Texas Tech in 2014 with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback and lost four of his last five and then four of his last six the next season. He then lost six of his last eight in 2016 and 2017. His final year, he lost all five of his last five, and then failed up to the Arizona Cardinals, where he lost seven of his last nine his first year, and six of his last nine last year, including one of those wins by a fucking Hail Mary. So everybody knows now is the perfect time to start selling high on the Arizona Cardinals before they continue their inevitable late season decline under cliff back to you (laughs) let's go chad it's uh the perfect storm it's november and the cardinals just don't beat the 49ers this division is just like that like the rams always beat the seahawks but they always lose to the niners vice versa it's just i feel like all these teams are what they are and they play each other so you're looking for a trap line this week. This one really pops out, right? I feel like everyone's going to come in heavy on a team in Arizona that's coming off their first loss of the season under a field goal on the road. Trap. All right. All right. Can't argue with it. I mean, normally I am all in on the Shanahan bandwagon, loving him as a coach, loving him with no matter what the roster is in any scenario. I feel like he hasn't performed as well at home. I'm wondering if this is the year that even the Cardinals can defy the King, uh, the Kiff, the Cliff Kingsbury narrative because they're a really good team. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everything rings true. Maybe I'm seeing this through rose-colored glasses as I live my life. Let's go Niners. Tennessee Titans at Los Angeles Rams. Poor Titans. Poor Titans on the road to the Rams. Poor Titans. Seven and a half point dogs without Derrick Henry. Replacing him with Adrian Peterson. That's a bummer. Oh, what do we do here? I like first glance, I really wanted to take the Titans. Uh, the Rams don't know how to close teams out. Matthew Stafford's still inconsistent. Von Miller does nothing to, for me. I, the fact that you have two second round picks for Von Miller is a joke to me. Like, imagine giving up that kind of equity for JJ Watt, who we all knew was going to get hurt after five weeks. That's how I feel about Von Miller. Not consistent. Doesn't get sacks anymore. He does still get QB pressures, but he doesn't get home. I don't know. I guess we can, we can keep it moving, but if it's seven and a half, I'll be on Tennessee, but it's not going to be one of my best five. Keep it moving. Because we got to talk about the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears at Pittsburgh Steelers. 
they're visiting the Steelers, who are six and a half point favorites. Feels high. That's what I'm gonna yeah, say. Monday night football. This is gonna be you know the public game of the week. They're all gonna have all their parlays, everything tied to this. Bears have not looked good on the road, but I like what I've seen from Fields. Uh, Nagy has to come out of that watching that game at home and saying to himself, "How do I? How am I not getting this guy into more space?" It's there's no one like him in the football in the sense that he is still really, really figuring out what he does well in this league. But he knows what he does well is run in the open field. His eyes, he he's just so smart. That he literally, he's just like Lamar, but he has a stronger arm. So I, I I'm hoping they're going to make adjustments. But it's scary, Chad. We got Pittsburgh's defense here who have just been dominant against every offense they've faced. The fan of me is hoping that it gets the plus seven for you because then I feel good taking the Bears. But it's six and a half. Even though we talk about it, it is a key number. Don't feel as great because I feel like the pros are going to come in and bet it down to six. So we'll see. If it gets back up to seven, this might be one of the games we can get on. I don't feel obligated to be on the Bears in any way, shape, or form at this point. All right. We'll pass on it then. Okay. <laughs> I'm pragmatic about these things. Like about three weeks ago, they had a shot. They could have beaten the Packers. They didn't. They've been losing since then. Time to put the nail in the coffin on Nagy and Pace. Time to get as good a draft position as we can. Bring in a coaching staff that is going to get Justin Fields excited to play again. Going to take advantage of his talents and get some talent around him. Let's do it. Let's do it. We got a lot done today because I'm looking at one, two, three, four. I've got about six, seven games that I think we're into. We got to do Scooch Roulette. Time to take down the hops. When all hope is lost, all that's left is relief. Let's play Scooch Roulette. Scooch Roulette. Since I won last week, I think you had the Colts and that, you know, the whole day just unraveled for you. I had the Saints. That was genius. So I get to go. Yeah. What do I want? If not, it's not clear cut. Taking the Bengals. <laughs> you son of a bitch. The Cincinnati Bengals came roaring back. I'll go Panthers then. By the way, the Panthers are going to be my second choice. So I think we're on the same Look at page. us, man. I just, that two and a half is so enticing with the Bengals right now. I get, by the way, I'm getting the Bengals at two and a half. I'm not getting the Bengals, whatever fucked up number it lands at on Sunday. Bengals two and a half. Scoot roulette. That's the roulette wheel. Matt Mitchell, do you want me to read some of these reviews here? Yeah, let's give out some uh, some swag. All right, let's give out some swag to people. Here are some reviews that Matt Mitchell flagged for us that we absolutely loved. Here's a five-star review. Love the show. Love the advice. It's invaluable. I worked for Simon briefly as a runner in Vegas in 2014. My biggest day on the job was Simon uh, had me run to four different sports books to place money line bets on the Lions uh, versus the Jets after the line had moved, after the game was over and the Lions cashed. Simon FaceTimed me and made me count every single dollar and bet slip to ensure I had done my job perfectly. It was terrifying, uh, especially when I realized he was FaceTiming me in my living room and I could hear my mother in the background. And then he threatened my mom. I'm reading the whole, I was reading the whole thing, but it's just too long. It's a brilliant review. For the, for the record, it's not true. I was, in fact, myself a runner in 2014. So I love the dream of the story, but it was a year or two early. I sang earlier specifically because of this. And I don't know if my buddy Dave Eck 
who uh, works for the Bears, who I've mentioned on the show before, he texted me uh, the other day. He goes, listen, never do the Vikings horn again. That was terrible. Here's the review. Keep up the good work, but really good stuff. Five-star review. Never afraid to challenge consensus and make the right picks, no matter how ugly it may look. Only criticism is Chad seemingly thinks he becomes a better singer, has a better voice with each episode. With all due respect, leave the vocal harmonies to the professionals. Vikings horn impersonation was the worst. I don't know if that's Dave or not, because it's hard to tell that the name is like a bunch of letters and numbers. If not, clearly the Vikings horn struck a, shall we say, chord. Bottom line, we love the Vikings here. That was my Vikings horn. Oh my God. I think it's like a boom. The more you hate it, the stronger we get. So uh, any of those people, please reach out to podcasts at actionnetwork.com and I'll send you some swag. Minnesota Vikings. This has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. We will be back on Thursday. We will narrow down the slate. We will get our big balls better of the week. We will talk about our survivor picks. We will talk about what the Sharps reacted to from today's podcast. All of it and more. Download from Spotify, from Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Rate and review. Subscribe. We'll send you some swag. Till Thursday. Love you. <laughs>